Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Messiah has come, amen? Uh, real quick, I know Josh, Pastor Josh mentioned this already, but I, I really do. Next week we'll have these made up for all of us. Um, but, but pick one of these up. It's not only just a guide that's taking us into the first part of the series, but it's got a lot of information in there on fasting. We're going to spend the first month uh, fasting, and don't get nervous. It's not a demand. It's an opportunity. And so it, it, it doesn't have to be all the same. You can go through here, and whatever God lays on your heart, it's just about really us starting the year getting as close to Jesus. We sang about it this morning. That's what you really need. Um, whatever problem, whatever challenge you're facing in life, what, what you really need is to get closer to Christ. I know there's a, there's a part of us that automatically thinks, well, if, you know, I, I just need to be a little bit more disciplined. Get closer to Christ. Discipline yourself getting closer to Christ, and you'll be amazed at how you get disciplined doing other things. So it's just, it's just a small guide. It's going to take us through prayer. It's going to take us through some fasting. But it's yours personally. Um, just we want to make sure each one of you get one of these in your hand now I, I say that they're gonna be ready by next Sunday We may even have a few here for our Christmas Eve services Tuesday night and, and I just want you to also be planning to be here Tuesday night. I know we all have plans You got family you're gonna be traveling you a lot family visiting possibly but from six o'clock till seven We're gonna meet here for a few minutes to just celebrate Jesus Christ and just celebrate the fact that he came. I talked about this last week. Paul says it like this, without the resurrection, everything we do in vain is in vain. But the reality is, there could not have been a resurrection if he did not come. So we thank God for what he's done. And we're just going to celebrate that Tuesday night. And then I'm just already praying for us to have an incredibly blessed Christmas. Amen? Now, let's talk about peace this morning. Because let's just get sort of brutally honest for a second. We talk about peace this time of the year, but how many of us have peace? One baby. Because yeah, we, we think about the peace, and we understand when we talk about this time of the year, um, it, it sort of reminds me, and, and I give this little bit of a lecture to a lot of college students sometimes, they all come to college for the very first time, and they add 15 hours of schoolwork, but they don't change their schedule. And that's what they sound like on the third week. Because what happens is you, you just keep adding stuff to your normal schedules and you get overwhelmed. And we call that Christmas. And we spend more money than we have. And we call that Christmas. And we, we add more to our schedules than we have time for, and we call that Christmas. And don't raise your hands, but most of us, by this time of the year, are praying, I can't wait till Christmas is over. Not because we don't love Jesus. We just didn't plan very well. And we talk about peace, but none of us have peace. Am I making any sense? And see, it's not about silence. You know, we think of peace sometimes as being void of sound and that is peace to an extent 
But most of us are nervous when it's quiet. Most of us don't like things to be quiet too long. But that's not just peace. Peace is, is a dissonance that we look for. Um, when, when there is dissonance, we look for that peace that brings things into harmony. I'm going to give some of you a Christmas miracle this morning. I'm going to play the keyboard. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Is this on, Emily? Waiting on that miracle. There it is. Now, if, if your life is in tune can even get a little funky life is good and then there's dissonance that's how I play typically now I'm not trying to be silly but that's when we usually find ourselves living life. What does that look like to the Word of God? <clears throat> now, one time in the garden, they were in the perfect key of C. Life was good. They knew how to change chords occasionally. But here's what happens when you start playing life on your own. There's dissonance. That's why the Word of God, uh, and Nick referenced it this morning, when the shepherds heard the news that there was good news, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Here's what that meant, that when the king of peace, when the prince of peace came, he brought harmony back to your dissonance. The thing that had you out of whack with God, he brought peace back to that. And here's, and I don't want to make this too complicated this morning, because the reality is, Isaiah chapter 9, and, and, and I'm going to read more of this passage, but it simply says, A child has been born for us. This is prophecy. A child has been born for us. God has given us a son. He will be called the Prince of Peace. And I'm, I want to read that whole passage to you. I've got it printed here, not on the PowerPoint. Isaiah says, For a child is born to us, a son is given and the government will rest on his shoulders, and these will be his royal titles. This, is will, this will be who he is, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Not just silence, not just prince of bringing silence to your circumstances. I, I don't have time to go into it this morning, but in several of the Gospels, it's referenced that when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, and they were in the midst of a great storm, and they were crying out with fear. Jesus stood up and said, Peace, be still. And from that verse forward, when we've ever heard it spoken, we assume that God speaks into our lives, and all the storms stop. That is not peace. See, who Jesus is, Jesus is your peace in the midst of the storm. That's why Jesus turns to them and says, where's your faith, guys? 
I was with you the whole time. You couldn't see me. I was asleep in the bottom of the ship. But I was with you. We want the peace to be everything is ironed out. We want the peace to be everything makes sense. We want to be the peace to be there's no more sickness, there's no more pain, there's no more... We want that to be our peace. I know I'm messing with some of you this morning. Because we're all going through something that's got us a little rattled. And, and it's not even got anything to do with Christmas. It might be health issues, it might be finances, it might be relationships, it might be marriages. The list is long and all of us can relate. The peace is not all that disappears. The peace that is, I'm talking about this morning, is He brings harmony to us in the midst of that. In the midst of everything that's out of whack, He is our peace. He is our peace in the midst of the storm. So when the Prince of Peace comes, as Isaiah says, and the shepherds are told, peace, goodwill toward men, the reason they run to the stable and worship is not because everything gets perfect. It's because the perfect has come. It's not that suddenly everything makes sense. It's the one who can help you get through everything that doesn't make sense has come. Now, true confessions, guys. How many of us just want things to make sense? Are there things in your life that just don't make sense? Have there been some sleepless nights trying to figure out why they don't make sense? Sure. Do we wrestle and get irritable because we can't make things make sense? Sure. And, and that's why I think to a great extent this message needs to resonate with us more than ever. Again, I'm, I'm referencing back to several things that Dr. Bucci shared about this morning in the, in the Bible study at 9 o'clock. He said in 1 John chapter 5, John references many, many times, I think throughout the entire uh, book, but certainly in this chapter, know. He wants us to know who Christ is. He wants us to be confident in what Christ has done for us. And, and peace that I'm talking about for Christmas is not just a pretty sign that we hang for the holidays. And then we go through the holidays wondering why we don't have Can we talk about that for a few minutes this morning? John 14 says, this is Jesus speaking, I am giving you the gift of peace. The kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that the world gives. You see, we want peace to be an external thing. The peace he gives us is internal. The kind of peace he gives us means that no matter my circumstances, I've got peace. And I'm going to walk through those circumstances. He may, he may take us out of those circumstances. I have found in my life, in more cases than not, he takes me through. I'm a slow learner. So he takes me through. And so this peace that Jesus offers, let's talk about this for a few minutes. There's, there's three, because peace, you can break it down. I heard somewhere, and I know there's a lot of different translations, but peace are its references to peace and what it means are found 790 times. So I've got to hurry. I just want to look at three different approaches to peace. Uh, first of all, through Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. 
Now, first of all, let me just say this about peace. You can't have peace unless there's been a war. There's, there's got to have been a good battle. You don't just need peace. You don't need peace in the midst of a nothing. Got to be a storm. And throughout the Bible, we see wars and we see battles and we see victories. But real peace comes when the champion stands up and says it's over. And see, Jesus, I really don't have time to delve into this like I want to this morning. Jesus, when he hung on the cross and said, it is finished, the battle, the war was over. The battle for our souls was complete. He won. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that God sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. Sin separated us from God. But Jesus came and did what you and I could never do. Put peace, once again, between us and the Father. This is very simplistic, but it's hard for us to believe. Because most of us spend a lot of time trying to earn our love from the Father. Trying to feel like we deserve to be saved. Listen, let me just help you this morning. You do not deserve to be saved. We, we don't. Let me throw that in the mix there. We don't. I don't deserve to be saved. There's nothing I've done that deserves. There's plenty that I've done to deserve what I should get. Even as a child, my dad and my mother, they never once came up to me and says, I'm going to spank you. Now, you don't deserve it. But we're just getting things because we know sometime in the future. You, no. Um, Anytime I got a spanking, and just, again, <laughs> there were a lot of spankings when I was younger. Um, but every time I got a spanking, it was, I, I knew. You know, I never had to question my parents, why is this happening? I knew. I was raised in a pastor's home, and on Sunday nights, if my dad ever said, get home and don't go to bed, that, I ran home and got straight in the bed. Why? Because I knew what that meant. I, you're going to get a spanking before you go to bed. Get home. I'll be there in a minute. Um, I never had to ask why. When I stand before God, I never have to say, Lord, I've been working really hard at this, and I really don't believe I deserve to be punished. I, I, I deserve grace. I deserve your love. I can't do it because we can't earn it. We can't deserve it. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. That he would pay the price for us, and if we believe in him, we have eternal life. He, that, that warfare that was going on, Christ paid the price. So the peace that we have through Jesus Christ, it brought peace between us and God. Romans 5.1 says, since we are made right with God by faith in Christ, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus has done for us. The reason you have peace is because of what Jesus has done. This is not a raise your hands message today, folks. So don't raise your hands on anything I'm saying. But how many of you know what it is to do something you shouldn't have done? You're not saved because of that. You're saved because of what Jesus Romans 5.10 Even though we were his enemies, God made peace with us because his son died for our sins. 
now that, that we're at peace with God, we will be saved for eternity by his son's life. He is our peace. So the first thing that we see here that, that Jesus does for us is he gives us peace with God. But then here's a powerful statement that I, I really, if there's a point that I want you to leave with today, it's not just a peace with God, but it's a peace within. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he told the lawyer, he asked him, what do you think it is? He said, to love the Lord your God, quoting Deuteronomy, he said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you are correct. You're correct. Everything that this Bible talks about is, huh, you can hang it on those two things. And what is that? To have peace with God, to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's, we want to get those in that order. We want to love our neighbors, but can I tell you that that's not, you can't follow that in that order. You love the Lord your God, but you can only love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you can't love yourself if you don't have peace within. You cannot love yourself in the wrong key. Do I need to get back on the piano? Don't, don't make me get back on the piano. You can't love yourself in dissonance. You can't love yourself when life's not in harmony. You're always wrestling. You're always fearful. You're always frustrated. And there, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than a Christian who isn't happy. There's nothing worse than a disgruntled, grouchy, beat up, frustrated, angry, bitter Christian. Why? Because that just doesn't make sense. Those definitions don't go together. I'm a child of God and I hate people. That doesn't go together. How does that work? I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. Just stay out of my way. How does that work? But, but we sort of live like that, if we're honest. There's this dissonance in our spirit but, but when Jesus Christ died for you, it was to give you peace within. It was to give you peace within. It was so you could be a different. Anyone who was in Christ Jesus is a brand new creation. The old man, the old you is gone. Behold, you are new through Christ Jesus. What, what, is, what does the word say about this? He tells us in Colossians, let the peace of God rule, rule in your heart. That word peace means shalom. It doesn't just mean uh, peace after wartime. We talked about that briefly. It, it means so much more. It means well-being. It means happiness. It means joy. It means harmony. It means serenity. It means if you have a broken heart, you can be healed. Well, pastor, you don't know what happened to me six months ago or six years ago. I know. And, and listen... I, sympathetically, it's hard for us to relate to each other. But what I can do is point to you, point you to what happened over 2,000 years ago. That Jesus, the Son of God, died for you so you could have peace within. Peace within. He tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, Christ bought, brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross gets us to embrace each other and the hostility between different groups. 
Now this goes into our third point because if I can really love myself, if I have peace within, now I can have peace with you. I really can't love someone if I don't love myself. I can fake it. Hello? And see, that, that messes with us a little bit because that sounds a little bit, you know, when, when, when we hear people say, man, take care of yourself, sounds a little selfish, doesn't it? Love yourself. I mean, I, I, if I love myself, isn't that conceited? If you love yourself, you'll know how to love somebody else. But you only really know how to love yourself if you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, everybody relax, because do you ever have a bad day? Yes. This isn't about, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I had a bad day last week. I really feel bad now. No. Don't, feel, don't beat yourself up. This isn't about having a bad day. This is, this is where is your peace. At the end of the day, at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, can you look back and realize, wow, that was a crazy week. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Wow, it's a crazy... And see, some of you are starting journeys. Some of you are starting uh, processes where you've lost, lost loved ones this year and, and you're still going through a grieving process. Or some of you have just found out you're battling sickness. And you're literally on the beginning of a journey of a treatment. It would be so easy to go ahead and just lose hope. But the Bible doesn't say you have to provide the hope. The Bible doesn't say you provide the peace. The Bible tells us He is our peace. He's our peace. Am I making sense? And the reason I can love you it's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm, I'm just a lovable person. It's because I love God. And if I really know who my God is, I can really understand who I am. Here's a powerful way that I can love you. <clears throat> I know how imperfect I am. So when I know how imperfect I am, I understand how imperfect you are. And it's not my job to pick out those imperfections. You know, because then I become judgmental. Then, then I act like I don't have any problems, but you ought to see whoever. Right? But see, when I understand what God is doing in my life, I don't get mad at you. I can love you. I can love you in spite of yourself. Because God loved us in spite of ourselves. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love you not because you get it right, not because you even treat me right. I love you because he loved me. Now, that's why it's so important. See, when we understand that we can have peace with each other, I don't want to oversimplify this, guys. But if we really grasp this, we don't have racial issues. I'm, I'm being very, I, I know that's a broad statement, and some would say, you know, and I've, I've, I've spoken at places where they really delve down in societal issues. And I know there are societal issues. But when you take Jesus out of societal issues, all you have are issues. All you'll ever have is, it's, it's amazing though that when you put Jesus in the middle of anything, there's peace. 
And if we keep Jesus in the middle of our conversations, if we keep Jesus in the... The reason we don't see Jesus in a lot of conversations is it messes up our agendas. It messes up our plans. We can't do what we want to do if Jesus is in the way. Hello? This is good. On the other hand, what if Jesus is in the midst of every conversation? What if Jesus is in the midst of every agenda? What if Jesus is in the midst? Well, Pastor, you don't understand, you know, there's stuff going on in the world. Let's, let's deal with the world after we get things straightened up with us. We can talk about the world's problems all day long. What about the house? How about where you live? Is Jesus the center of everything in your life? If Jesus is the center of everything in your family, is Jesus the center of everything at your place of business? Because when we start tackling those issues, we can, we can maybe move to the city issues and the state issues. And, and listen, we need to pray for our leaders, but don't pray for your leaders and stop dealing with your own stuff. Hello? See, I, 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 I'd love for there to be peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Where's my wife? Okay, she's upstairs. But you know where I love peace? At home. And I tell her all the time. I'll even ask her, are you good? She says, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Because if she's good, I'm good. <laughs> if she's not good, I'm not good. All right. So peace on earth, I don't care what's going on at the White House if nothing's going on at my house. Hello? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to mess with some of your politics for a second because i got plenty of time. I've moved quicker than I thought so I can ramble a little bit. <laughs> See, I, you know, we're seeing a lot of stuff on television about impeachment and Trump and some of you are so excited and some of you could not care less and some of you just can't wait. You know, you'd love to give somebody a piece of your mind. Can I just tell you, don't get all bent out of shape about that stuff. Who, we need to be praying for our leaders. But guys, can you imagine what would happen if we got so more excited about making sure we had peace in our own homes, in our own businesses? What kind of revival would break out of that? People wouldn't be trying to make sure the White House got straightened out. They would be looking at your house. Because I promise you, the next president's not going to make you any happier. <clears throat> I don't care who gets voted in. You know, and we'd like to think, well, we're just looking for a Christian president. Well, good luck. And I'm not saying that presidents can't be Christian. I'm just saying a man's heart is deceitfully wicked. And in having a Christian leader is like Israel begging for a king. You might get one. What, what if we were just Christian moms and dads? What if we were men and women of God who walked in peace and loved each other? You know, this church is known around the area. It really is. When people say they, they come here, here, there's one powerful thing that they leave here with, and they say, man, relationships. I felt so welcome when I go there. People just... People I don't even know say hello, and they welcome me. I feel so good. I just feel the Spirit of God. Um, 
What if they felt that everywhere? What if this same Holy Spirit would go with you and they felt that at work? What if everywhere you went, when you left the room, somebody said, man, every time they walk in the room, I feel God in this place. And I don't even believe in God. What if? That's the kind of peace I'm talking about. The kind of peace that says, we have peace with God. My sins are forgiven. I'm no longer a slave to sin. And that gives me peace within. I don't have to sit around wrestling with, am I saved? I'm just, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve what God, no, you don't. But he loves you so much, he forgave you. But because he forgives you, you can have that peace within. But now I can love you wherever you are and help you continue to grow. This isn't about trying to get to know people so we can get to know their business and control them. No, it's about growing. It's about us really being able to do something and move to a different place in Christ. Am I making any sense? So how do, how do we do this very quickly? How do we do this? First of all, I believe God wants us to have a moment of clarity. This is so, this is so simple. I know I was having to make some of this stuff up just to make sense. I know. But what is a moment of clarity? It's your aha moment. Here's my moment of clarity. John, you're a sinner. You, you didn't get saved and now you've been perfect. You're only perfect through Jesus Christ. So don't think you're ever somebody that you're not. That moment of clarity for some of us is sort of a wake-up call to maybe we bought into something that isn't true. Maybe we bought into something that that Satan, Satan's not attacked you up front. Satan's not brutally blindsided you, but just he's got you off just a little bit. And, and that moment of clarity helps you realize that little bit a year later is a lot. <clears throat> I want to encourage all of you out there who have a swimming pool, don't ever cover it with your wife. Yesterday, Diane and I, decided to cover the pool. And so I got a tarp, and our pool is the exact size of this tarp. So if, you're, if you start off at a little bit of an angle, you've got access to water. So as we were carefully measuring and carefully plotting this out and carefully rolling this over, because I was also trying to do it without getting the tarp wet, don't, that's a different story. And my whole point is, if you get off a little bit, I don't care how beautiful that tarp is, you're off. Pool's not covered. And there's no peace on earth. Um, now, the pool's covered and there's peace on earth. But what about your life? I wonder if that moment of clarity just helps us understand, wow, I've got a beautiful tarp. But it's been pointing in the wrong direction. You only have to get off one or two degrees and you wake up in a few days and a few weeks and a few months and you're in places you never expected to be. Just a few degrees. That moment of clarity says, Forgive me, Lord. I want to get back on track. And there's a grace that only he gives. 
There's a grace that allows you to do that. And it's simply saying, Lord, here's my life. Use me. Same thing happened to Joseph. Same thing happened to Mary. We talked about this last week. Here's young Mary, going to be used of God. She might be 14 years old, and God brings an angel and tells her these wonderful things. She could have easily, like any of us, said, well, you know, tell me a little bit more because I want to make sure I know fully what I'm getting involved in here. Or, or no thank you. I don't want to be the talk of the town. Joseph was ready to put her away, divorce her quietly. In other words, some of our plans we think are right, but see, God's plans are what we need to be pursuing. That's when you have peace. That's when, you know, we talk about callings all the time. What's your calling? I want to encourage you to understand that God's got a call for each of us, and it's amazing what you're able to do that nobody else can do. If someone in this room were to go do what some of you do, uh, children's ministries, for instance, can you honestly see me in the children's ministry department one Sunday morning? No, please say no, because it's not going to happen. Because I, you know, I would end up yelling at somebody's child. And I, I probably, I know you can't touch children anymore, so I'd, I'd be in trouble there, I'm sure. <laughs> what happened? He slammed the door on him. We don't know what happened. I just, just, somebody was hurt. That's all we heard. See, I, why? Because I don't have a calling for that. It's not that I'm not patient. I probably could survive one Sunday. But see, some of you could walk into the middle of of a dynamite factory and be cool as a cucumber because your calling has prepared you for that and you're not frazzled by all the noise you're not frazzled by all the stuff you're just walking through because God has gifted you for that see God, God calls you specifically because what he's got for you he's preparing for you that's why you can have peace in the midst of those circumstances so he gives us this opportunity this moment of clarity but then he also gives us an attitude of humility this attitude of, of humility demands that I walk humbly it, it doesn't it's not an attitude of humility that says well I'm gonna I'm gonna be humble if, if you don't intentionally work at being humble you will get humbled You know, they say pride comes before a downfall. The struggle is you don't even know you're proud. You don't even realize you're walking in pride until you're, you're laying somewhere looking up, thinking, what just happened? And, and I'm, I'm not, that's not a threat. It's sort of reality. But what does walking humbly before God mean? Um, it, it means... Knowing who God is, it doesn't mean walking around being a doormat. What it means is walking around in a reality that, you know what, I'm not all that. I'm not all, I'm not all cracked up. That's, I am cracked up. You know, I'm not all that cracked up and, and people, you know, oh, he's a pastor. Yep. I'm a sinner saved by grace. We're sinners saved by grace. Doesn't mean walk around in shame. It means walk around in humility. When you see someone else struggling, don't get proud. 
don't, don't walk around thinking you're somebody. Reach out and help them. I was at Lowe's yesterday getting stuff to cover a pool. And the gentleman walked up to me and he said, would you shake my hand? I said, yes. <laughs> and I shook his hand. And he began to cry. He said, because I walked up to a lady just a few minutes ago and asked her the same thing. He was a black gentleman. He said, she spit in my face. Now, I'll be honest with you, I knew I was getting hit up here for money. But here's what I thought. Um, I don't need him to prove if he was really spat on. I was moved that he was wondering if I would even shake his hand. So when I shook his hand and he told me that, I just went ahead and hugged him. And any of you know that I'll just hug anybody. So I hugged him. So as he's crying and I'm hugging him, which can look a little awkward in a Lowe's parking lot, um, it, it just hit me. I wonder how many broken people out there just need to have the kind of relationship that reaches out to them that we're not so uppity that we can't touch someone. That we're not so I've arrived that I can't spend time with you that we're not so educated that we don't know how to relate or reach out or sit down with someone. Now see, I still believe God's preparing all of you to operate in your circles. We all have different oikos, different friends, different relationships. It's, it's attempting to be all things to all people, if you will, but you will reach people that I'll never really connect with. It doesn't mean I can't hug them at Lowe's. You know what I'm saying? It's walking in humility. It's not having to be the, the person getting all the attention all the time. And this is important because if, if we're not careful, we're looking for the glory, not God. And if you want to know what the lack of peace is, live in a life that expects glory when the glory's not really yours. You'll never have peace. How many are ready for me to finish this real quick? Last point is simply this. Ushers, if you'll get ready to serve the elements in a moment. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking. He rescues those who are humbly and sorry for their sins. But then the third thing is simply this. We need to come to Jesus expecting him to help us. See, a humble heart says, I can't, but Jesus, you can. He's our peace. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all of you who are tired and worn out from carrying heavy loads, and I'll give you rest. Yoke up with me, this translation says. Earn from me, for I am gentle and humble. You'll find peace and rest for your soul. Here, here's what he's not talking about here. He's not talking about a physical rest. Now, God wants us to take care of our physical bodies, but listen to me for a second. He's not saying take a nap. He's saying emotionally, let it go. How many times do we go on vacation and we've taken a break from work, but you really haven't left the office? You know what I'm talking about? You buy a bigger house, 
but you take all your stuff with you. You make changes, but it never changes here. What he is saying is, take on my yoke. You're trying to carry everything by yourself. You're trying to make life make sense all by yourself. You're trying to make all this stuff and bring peace all by yourself to it. I am your peace. Come to me. Yoke up with me. What does that mean? It means come under my leadership. Come under my relationship. Come alongside. And when you're yoked to him, the burdens that you carry, he will pull the weight. He'll walk with you. Now you're walking in relationship. Can I just talk about uh, what that walk looks like sometimes? When our, when our relationship and we're walking with God, it's a powerful experience because life will seem easier. Even in the midst of the storm, you'll have peace. But now true confessions, John McLeod, you ready? Every once in a while, after a couple of weeks of that peace, I'll start to think, it's because of me. I must have gotten better. <laughs> I, I must have gotten more anointed at this. And I, I'll forget that he's the one that's been carrying the load. And he's a loving father. He's never going to slap you around and remind you who the boss is. He'll just, if I decide to go in this direction, he'll just say, well, it looks like he wants to try this on his own. And then I realize heart may be beautiful but it's moving in a different direction he says take my yoke move in my direction many are the plans of a man's heart but it is God's plans that prevail follow after me see what my plans have for you follow after the word I know you've tried a lot of things you've moved in a lot of different directions you you've tried to make life make sense but but come unto me if you're late Come unto me if you're struggling with something. Get all the advice from your friends. Knock yourself out. But come unto me. Yoke up with me. And I will give you rest. And that very last point as we lead into communion. And Emily, if you'll please come. He says, come to me. Connect with me. But here's the challenge. Let Jesus change you. Because when you start walking with him, when you start reading the word, and that's, I'm so excited about January, guys, because when we start having that vision for the rest of our life, we're going to start looking at the word. And whatever the word says to us, it's going to be, all right, what does that look like as we walk it out? And it's amazing how unprepared we are to walk things out. Not because we don't want to hear, it's we realize the change that might need to take place. What does that look like? I've discovered that I can be very arrogant. My arrogance says I can handle it. My arrogance says I'm in control. Nothing needs to change, God. I'm in control of this. But when I'm in control, that leads to impatience. Now, impatience says I want it. And I want it now. And if I, if I have to, I'll create ways to get it now. 
Can you see how in our culture and in our lifestyle that when we have a life that we live like that, we just keep adding stuff to our schedules without making any change. And what happens? We're stressed out. We keep doing things to get what we want without making the right changes here. And life just doesn't make sense. We keep moving from place to place, from relationship to relationship, all in the name of changing things, but never changing us. I wonder what it would look like this morning if we said, Lord, I, I don't want to just connect with you. Change me. Change me, Lord. I want peace. I need peace that passes all understanding. I want to make, I want to make a life, Lord, that when you give me clarity on some things, it's not just about praying a prayer. It's, it's really about surrendering and letting that change take place. Ushers, if you'll please come with the elements and just stand up front. We're going to prepare to receive these in just a moment. <clears throat> I just love how God moves, and I'm giving God the glory. But Dr. Bucci this morning really convicted me about something. In a good way, by the way. He was just teaching. Just doing what he does. He's awesome. So as he was talking, we have a tendency to take communion all the time. And... And we take communion and we'll even say a prayer as we're getting ready to pray in just a moment and talk about preparing ourselves to receive communion. But Paul goes into details in 1 Corinthians when he says, listen, here, here's the thing about communion. Don't take it unworthily. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Are you really believing in Christ? Don't, don't take this because you're just going through the motions. Why? Because some of you are sick. Some of you are struggling. Life doesn't make sense. Can I paraphrase? There's no peace. There's no joy. Why? Because we say we're one thing, and then we eat bread and drink grape juice. Rather than realizing it's the Word of God calling us to do something in remembrance. Remember what I've done for you. Remember that my body was broken for you. Remember that through the blood that was shed at Calvary, your sins, your past, your shame is forgiven. You are a new creation. Don't, don't forget that. Live in that kind of peace. Because now when we celebrate communion, it's not about hoping we're saved. It's about celebrating and remembering who we are in Christ. That's the greatest peace on the planet right there. So I want us to pray. If, if you need peace this morning, it's not found in a circumstance. It's not found in a situation. It's found in Jesus Christ. If you need peace this morning, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. As we've shared many times already in the service, it's only going to be found through Jesus Christ. Salvation will be in no other than Jesus Christ. Maybe you've not been where you know you should have been. 
Maybe you've been a, a long way off. Maybe you've been trying to cover the pool and not gotten it done. It, it could be this morning that you say, Father, I'm coming to you. I'm casting all of my cares on you. I'm taking on your yoke. I want to walk with you. Teach me, Lord. And he reminds us that you are a new creation. You can have peace this morning. Amen. I just want us to bow our heads just for a moment, and I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, before we serve the elements this morning, we just want to, once again, just come to you, Lord, and say, Father, forgive us of our sins through Jesus Christ. Lord, we are, we are reminded this morning what we are celebrating through communion, but God, in this Christmas season, it's not about just going through the motions. We want to truly have peace that passes all understanding. And I know, Lord, there are some here this morning that are struggling. Health issues, finances, family. Lord, in the midst of it all, we just pause because you can give us peace in the midst of that storm. And Father, I pray that as we come and as we celebrate, that we examine ourselves. And, and if I've been away, Lord, I want to get back to you quickly. Lord, whatever it is we're wrestling with, help us to understand that you're right there with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. And Father, I just pray that you receive the glory. We are reminded of what you have done and we celebrate that. Lord, if there are those here who are sick this morning, I, I just speak healing in the name of Jesus Christ. To those lives who have been off track, I, I just speak right now that they see the path of clarity and they run home to you this morning. I pray, Lord, that they not be afraid of what people may say or what people may do, but they immediately begin to take those steps. And Lord, even as they take those steps back to you, Lord, they would begin to sense the Holy Spirit at work in your life in a powerful way. And you just give a peace. Lord, there could be someone here this morning. We just don't get along with each other. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we celebrate communion, as we remember what you have done for us, Lord, then we could look at our brother, we could look at our sister, and love them anyway. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.